This is Unrefined, the podcast where ordinary people share their extraordinary stories. Hi there, story lovers. I'm Shannon. And I'm Camille, and welcome to another episode of Unrefined. Today we are sharing stories about studying and traveling abroad. But before we get into that, we need to talk about our last episode, the middle school memories episode. Our middle school classmates really showed up for us last week, and that episode has quickly become our most popular show to date. We had several people reach out who wanted to provide some updates to our (laughs) stories and clarify some of the details for us. So we thought we would provide those before we get into today's stories. Yeah, they were, you know, some corrections that we need to redact some information and clarify. First, a good friend from back in the day who has a better memory than both of us, clearly, pointed out that I would have been cheering at the football game while Shannon was getting hardcore tongue kissed under the bleachers and that the eighth grade boys didn't play in the game because they had played in a game they weren't allowed to due to an oversight of the coaches. Wow. What a memory. Yeah. I knew that he wasn't playing, but I couldn't remember why. She also reminded us that everyone called us the wild rats because there were actually rats at the school. She said that, um, (laughs) That they were really in this interior courtyard area. The school was really shaped like a square with an open area in the middle. So we must have seen them through the windows in those classrooms that lined the interior of that square. So yeah. That was also supposed to be like a garden area. But really it was just like some fire ant hills, dirt, weeds, and apparently rats. Well, yeah. A rat garden. Yeah. A rat garden. Mm, How zen, Shannon. How zen. I know. Uh, We really, really appreciate um, that support. It really meant a lot to us to see how many people were listening and just connecting to those memories because obviously we all remember them in in such different ways through our own lens. And we'll probably do another episode on middle school in the future. And we're going to make sure to cover our favorite sleepover memory sleepaway camp. That might be its own episode altogether. I was wondering why it didn't get some Oscar nods the year it came out because it was incredible it yeah it was a very special movie to a lot of us yes all all seven of us (laughs) we watched that movie so many times especially the last maybe five minutes what yeah no kidding (laughs) wow that one will definitely be its own episode moving into today's episode we are going to share our experiences about traveling and studying abroad I studied abroad my junior year of college. I was kind of in a rut and I needed a change. So I thought, why don't we just go to Australia for five to six months and see what that's like? So um, I was really lucky. A large portion of the scholarship money I had for school also applied to tuition at a sister university in another country. And I was too afraid to go somewhere where they didn't speak English. So I picked Australia. (laughs) (laughs) I am not as brave linguistically as you are, Camille. And I've always kind of liked Australia. And I also honestly figured that the guys were probably going to be pretty hot. Oh, my God. Seriously. Why are they so beautiful and fun? Why? 
I don't know. Go ahead, Shannon. I agree. They are they are very hot. <laughs> yeah. So 21-year-old Shannon had her priorities in line for sure on that one. So I ended up going to the University of Wollongong in the city of Wollongong. Wollongong? Yeah. Shannon, you went Shannon, you went to to uni at Wollongong. I I did, and I probably pronounce it incorrectly. So what what kind of name is that? Is that a, a, like a an Aborigine name? Yeah, a lot of the landmarks and cities in Australia have more native names. So I don't know what it means, but I do know that it is Aboriginal. This university was about an hour south of Sydney in New South Wales, and I lived in in an on campus apartment in a place called Coolabong. And I had four roommates, Rob, Rishi, Samantha, and Rachel. I went and there were some students from my college who went there at the same time that I was there. But I really only hung out with one girl that I already knew who lived in those apartments like down the way a little bit. So I've kind of broken this up into some categories. First off, I wanted to share some of the things that Americans get wrong about Australia. And the first one is that nobody who lives in Australia drinks Fosters. Come on, Shannon, but it's it's Australian for beer. It's it's absolutely not, and I don't even think I saw it after I got off the plane. Really? Yeah. I drank Tui's New or Victoria Bitter. Those were the two main beers that I would drink over there. Fancy. When people fake American accents and say shrimp on the Barbie, they hate it. They absolutely hate it. But why? Where does that come from? Does it come from an Outback commercial? Is that where? Yeah, it was an Outback Steakhouse commercial where they said something about shrimp on the Barbie. Lock it down, Americans. Those are just two general things that, that we get wrong about Australia. Some of the awkward moments and things Australians got wrong about us, at least in my specific experience, was when they found out I grew up in the South, I was asked if I hated Black people. And Uh the answer was no, just in case you were wondering. (laughs) The number one question I got asked most of the time was if I owned a gun. So back to that topic. But I mean, keep in mind, most of what they know about us is what they see on TV. And I guess the same is also true for us. For what, us. what we see from them is what we see on TV. Uh, just to let you know, thanks to our sponsor, the internet. I'm kidding. It's not really our sponsor. But um, Wollongong, is that, that's right, right? Wollongong? That's how I say it. Um, <laughs> the name is an aboriginal word meaning sound of the sea. Well, that makes sense. It was on the coast. It became a municipality in 1843 in a city in 1942. Thank you so much for that fun fact. <laughs> Your accent is pretty good. Yeah, no, I'm still working on it, guys. Look, life's a journey, okay? Life's a journey. As far as accents go, one of the surprises that I found when I was there was that Americans have accents. <laughs> And I had never thought of myself as having an accent until I was in a group class project situation and we were sitting around talking. And this one guy was just staring at me with this like head cocked and he's like, oh, starry eyed. And I mean, we're talking about schoolwork, probably something serious. And he just finally says, I could just listen to you talk all day. And I was like, that's really weird and awkward. And I guess Americans have accents. 
Yeah. Yeah, we do. Was he a babe? I don't remember. Probably just a dude. Nice guy. There were some other surprises that I came across while I was there. Uh, There was a bar on campus, and I came from a dry campus where every alcohol-related activity was pretty sneaky. Um, That started to change my senior year, I think, but this was just like a bar on campus, and people went there for lunch, and I was maybe a little too enthusiastic about the fact that it existed. Was the drinking age a lot lower? It's 18. 18, so yeah. Yeah. It got a lot colder there than I thought it would. Hmm. I I got there in February, which is the end of their summer. So I had two falls that year. So it's actually summer when it's Christmas there, which is kind of crazy. Does the commode flush the opposite way? And can you tell? I have that in my notes that I didn't pay any attention to it. I'm sure it does. Shannon, inquiring minds want to know. Everybody talks about it. I don't think I would have paid attention to it either, though. Yeah, I was really more focused on boys and (laughs) stuff like that. You know, the deep stuff, you know. Yeah, like cultural stuff, like just building bridges and bonds. Not toilet water. I did learn, too, that international kids will always hang out with other international kids. And a lot of my closest friends were from Sweden, which was also interesting. But do you still do you talk to any of them? I don't. I did not keep in contact with my roommates or anybody. I think I'm Facebook friends with one girl, though. But a lot of the Swedish kids that were they are studying were older than we were like mid-20s instead of like early 20s another thing i had avocado toast in australia in 2000 that uh, they are way ahead of what? us yeah they are way ahead of us absolutely another thing that was interesting was that families go to pubs together so it was not unusual to go to a pub and have little kids running around which i thought was kind of cool that is cool it's it, it kind of i feel like takes away the mystery of drinking and being in bars and stuff too yeah well and it was just i was like this is kind of cute you will absolutely get laughed out of a bar if you try to order a light beer. You just don't do it. And this was, mind you, 2000 before we had all these craft breweries. I mean, in college, we were drinking like the crappiest light beer. Oh, like Natty Light. Yeah. Bush Light. Yeah. Let's see what else. Driving on the other side of the road is not that bad. When the steering wheel's on the other side of the car, it makes more sense. So you did drive one. I did. That would make me so nervous. I remember being in Ireland and, first of all, always getting in on the driver's side Mm -hmm. of the car. But also, when I would go visit our mutual friend, Mark, I would literally have moments where I was like, watch out, watch out, and scare him (laughs) because I was like, you're on the wrong side. A lorry is coming. A lorry is coming. Did you mom arm him with the wrong arm? Probably. (laughs) A couple other weird things. Uh, In other countries, milk is sometimes sold at room temperature on shelves, which blew my mind. You also don't tip, which I never got used to. And I always felt very uncomfortable with that. No, because in other countries, they it's allowed to make a livable wage as a server. I know. I also learned that Canadians are really easy to spot when you travel abroad. With the flag on their backpacks. They always have the flag patch sewed on their backpack, and they really hate it when people confuse them for being American. With Americans, Which yeah. I took offense to, guys. Come on. Yeah. So I also did some traveling 
within the country while I was there. I went to Tasmania over, I guess it would have been our fall break with some girls who went to my college in the US. And that's where we rented the car. We had this compact little car. It was white and we called it Marsha the Marshmallow. And we drove all over Tasmania. We did a lot of nature things. Uh, We even woke up in the middle of the night once to hike to the top of a mountain so we could watch the sunrise. Um, Did you see any kangaroos? No, I did not see a single (laughs) kangaroo. I did see a lot of wallabies, which are smaller. They look like kangaroos, but they're smaller, a lot smaller. What about wombats? Uh, I probably saw a wombat. They're so cute. Yeah, they are cute. Another trip we took, I went up the coast to the Great Barrier Reef with a girl who was probably really sick of me by the time it was over because we flew up north and then we took a bus all the way back down the coast to get home. And if we could do it again, I probably would rent a car instead of taking a bus because that is a hard way to travel and you're traveling it in the middle of the night a lot. It's just that part wasn't great, but the stops were great. I don't remember a ton, but the pictures look fun. (laughs) (laughs) I thought I would also share a few uniquely Shannon personal growth moments from my travel abroad. So one thing I learned was how sheltered I really had been To this point, Sydney has this giant pride parade every year. And I remember talking about it in one of our classes. They make all the exchange students take like Australia 101. And we were talking about this pride parade. And to this point, I had only ever lived in rural South Carolina. And I went to college in an even smaller town in Indiana. So some things that I thought were uniquely Australian were just unique to cities in general, (laughs) like giant pride parades. (laughs) So... I was in this class and we were talking about this parade and I stood up and I was like, God, you know, I can't imagine something like this happening in the U.S. And one of my classmates was like, have you ever heard of San Francisco? (laughs) I was like, oh, small town girls going to sit down. Which was super. Have you ever heard of the entire city of San Francisco? (laughs) Just the entire city. Uh, yeah. So I was um, I was learning a lot, growing a lot, I guess. But yeah. <laughs> I also learned that even if the exchange rate works slightly in your favor, you don't have to buy everything because you will run out of money. Maybe one of the biggest things I learned was that public transportation is and always will be very intimidating and stressful for me because it means I don't have the level of control that I prefer. I did have to take the bus a lot and I don't think I ever truly figured it out. I would just get on and cross my fingers and hope that I got to the mall. I think the last uniquely Shannon personal growth bullet point I have here is that I made, I made Dean's list for the first and only time in college the semester I studied abroad and I really enjoyed my classes there. I also learned that hostels are not my thing and I don't know how not to worry about my stuff and my personal safety and I had two particularly unpleasant exchanges with other hostel guests and both of them involved laundry which was weird I don't know if that says more about the hostel situation or or you as a person dealing with laundry and and your and your stuff. Well, the first time we were in a hostel and 
I missed a sign. There was a sign on this one washer that was like, don't use after 9 p.m. And I missed it. And it was up against this wall. And it was this, I didn't know it. I didn't, I thought it was like a storage room, but it, it turned out to be somebody's bedroom. And so these two German tourists are in there and they start yelling at me because I started the washer outside of their, they're like, stop the washer, stop the washer now. <laughs> and I was like, it's going, I don't know what to do. What do I do? Uns needs to stop the washer, Shannon. You're very, very rude American. I was a very rude American. I don't know what accent that was. But the other one was, we were at this hostel where we were going to the Great Barrier Reef and we were going to go diving and all that. And we got back and all our stuff was soaked and they had this laundry room area. And I waited my turn to use the dryer. I've put my stuff in the dryer and I was just trying to get a dry towel so I could take a shower. And I like look away and I look back later and someone else has put their shit in the dryer with mine and I take it out and I'm like this isn't my shit what's it doing in here yeah and they didn't pay for it right and so this guy comes back and he picks his stuff up stuff up off the counter and he's like don't be a dick and he puts it back in the dryer and it smelled bad and I was who was he was he American no I think Americans are a little pickier about that kind of thing. Oh, yeah, about their their body flavor. I would have been mad, too, but I wouldn't have said anything. I mean, now I say things all the time, but but then I wouldn't I have. definitely didn't say anything. I was just embarrassed, and then I stressed out about it for the next five <laughs> years, probably, which is, you know, how I do. <laughs> so the last section I have in my notes is if I could tell my study abroad self anything I would tell me to cut loose and have a lot more fun and to kiss all the boys you want and don't worry so much about their girlfriends in Sweden. Hans, Hans, this is for you, Hans. <laughs> His name was Marcus. Um, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I would also get some self-confidence and I would shake 21-year-old me and say, you're never going to be this cute again. Just enjoy it. <laughs> But I think it's so unfair. And I think that 40-year-olds should get to have their 20-year-old bodies back. What is that saying? Youth is wasted on the young. Yeah. I would just say, do all the things. Stop worrying about whether or not it's right or wrong so much. And kiss the Swedish kid as much as you can. Kiss Marcos. Kiss Marcos. Who cares about girlfriend in other country? Yeah, he's mostly what I wrote about in my journal. He had a really hot friend mm. named Johan. Ugh. And you didn't make out with any of them? Oh, just Marcus. Oh, you did make out with Marcus. I did. And then I cut it off because... You're like, your girlfriend. God, morals, Shannon. Hey, what are you drinking tonight? I've got a tasty budget red that I picked up at my favorite little grocery store. How about you? Yeah, I'm drinking something similar. Can I read you something that's a little provocative? Yeah, bring it. Opulent, big, bold, and a candidate to stand proudly alongside Napa's finest cold wines. Iridium shows dark, rich chocolate, caramel, toffee, and blackberries laced with oak spice. White pepper and black cherry, firm, 
well-integrated tannins and a solid acid backbone give way to a richly decadent mouthfeel with lingering notes of mocha, cassis, and classic cabernet notes of graphite. This is a family company, and we can't use all the silky, sexy, libidinous words that come to mind drinking this, but rest assured, it is a rich, round, plush, hedonistic powerhouse that you might imagine, oh yes, tons of dark fruit, mocha, lavishly spiced and hyper-luxurious Cabernet, and a very modern style. Oh, last bottle of wine porn. I wonder how you get the job writing those wine descriptions. I don't know how you get that job, but sign me up. This was today's last bottle wine, Iridium 2016, a Sterling Cab. It retails for $175, but last bottle was selling it for $95. Still way outside my wine budget, but that's a huge discount. Yeah, that is a huge discount, and I'm sure I know some people who could swing it and maybe invite me over to help them drink it. Ooh, I love that idea. You know, if our audience uses the last bottle link in the show notes to set up an account, they get a $10 credit. Oh, I'm aware. (laughs) I know we get a credit too when they make their first purchase. It would be really nice to up my wine game a bit. Agreed. All right, listeners, check the show notes for the last bottle link and get to work upping your wine game and ours. What do you want to tell me about your travels abroad? Oh my gosh, Shannon, where do I even begin? I've been on Spanish soil for 14 days. (laughs) It seems like yesterday I was going to summer school every day. Now, dot, 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 I'm across the ocean. You know what? I don't know if it's just that I don't remember, but like, I want to know more about why you decided to go and abandon your friends. <laughs> I guess you weren't listening about how Oh yeah, small town. I needed to get out of this town. <laughs> was there anything else or was that the main reason? The you know, it was funny because my mom was the first woman member of the Rotary. Oh my gosh, in, really? In Clinton. Yes. And I had wanted to go on a Europe trip. There was some European summer trip that was happening and I really wanted to go, but I either had to choose that or go to Wofford Gift and Talented. And that would have been the last year I could go. And so I chose to do that. And so later my mom said, you know, if you really want to go to Europe, there's a trip you can do. That's an abroad trip. And my dad's like, yeah, you could go for the whole year. And I was like, bring it. And everything kind of got rolling. And then before I knew it, it was happening. And it was like, oh, okay. So this is a thing. Like, I'm definitely going to another country. And being a 15-year-old, it was pretty young to go abroad. That was my, but my birthday was younger. So I was going into my junior year where most everybody else was 16. And like, I guess I turned 16 there. But I remember my dad is from a military family and... He was also from a family that was quite wealthy. All the kids went to boarding schools. All the kids were sent away. 
it was a, a very common thing for a child to be sent somewhere. And so my mom was not cool with it. And she told me later, she was like, I did not like it. And my dad was like, this will be a great experience um, and she should go. So I do remember at the airport, my mom holding on to me and my dad separating us Aww. and saying, that's enough. Get on the plane. And he like patted me on the back and was like, <laughs> see you later. Because that was what happened with them. There were lots of opportunities in my family and my dad's family, but not a lot of love. And I was super lucky because I got the opportunities and I got the the love. So pretty much I'm super spoiled. But yeah, so that was like, you can go abroad, Camille, since you missed that two-week trip that one summer. And so yeah, off I went. And I remember crying the entire way to Madrid. I, I just cried the whole time. And the guy beside me was very irritated. <sighs> it's so funny because I still have and wear the locket that you and Zane gave me. Oh, really? Gosh. Yes. I don't even remember it. It was just terrible. Yeah. <laughs> it had a C. It has a C on it. On the back, it has S, I, and Z, L. And I wore it all the time. It was like my friendship cross. I was pretty innocent, I would say. I like got to Spain. I got, I, I like remember the outfit I was wearing to meet my host family and they didn't even pick me up. They didn't even come get me from the airport. I just stood there waiting. Ugh. Going abroad for me was really interesting because it wasn't just, it wasn't just a growing experience. It was also challenging in the sense of my place in a family that wasn't mine, mm -hmm. especially because my sister Tracy's eight years older than me. So we both kind of had our own time of being the only child. Right. And I went to a host family that had six kids. Wow. One of them was supposed to be in the U.S. And at the last minute refused to go because he wanted to be with his girlfriend. So there was already another mouth to feed kind of attitude with me being in that house. And I remember working so hard on a letter to them telling them about things I liked, things I didn't like, how excited I was in Spanish. You know, like I remember getting help from my tutor at, co at the college and like Miss Trelor. And I never heard from them. And then when I got to the airport, they didn't come and pick me up. I waited there the whole time while other people were getting taken with their families. And then finally, I was the last person standing there and somebody came up and was like, oh, you're riding with us. I didn't speak any Spanish, no Spanish. And I was with another exchange student and I was going to their house without even meeting my host family. I didn't know anything about them. Oh, that is like hearing that stresses me out. Yeah, it was scary. It was scary. And I think so I started off on kind of with the, the idea of they don't really want me here at all or they don't care that I'm here. And I think that was accurate because I think this whole time they were trying to put me somewhere else Oh, because they didn't have a kid to exchange. There was no exchange. It was just an extra me. Would that kid have come to Clinton or was no, he going somewhere No, I think else? he was going to Charleston. Oh, okay. And so right away, I just felt like I was floundering, not knowing what to do. And then the most unattractive brother oh. came and picked me up. And I was wearing a like a denim dress, like kind of jumper dress, overall dress. 
and a white short sleeve shirt underneath and my locket. Oh, it was so cute. And I remember he was like, do you like the music? Hi. <laughs> and I was like, like, I like Sopranos singing and high music yeah <laughs> and he turned up the volume super loud and it was like it's a scott man or like one of whatever techno that i'd never heard before yeah. <laughs> blaring and he's like yeah come on we're gonna go down to the met uh, the marineta which is this like marina and he like introduced me to all his friends and he was like this is the new girl and i was like i am 15 i've never smoked a cigarette and i've never had sexual intercourse and i'm pretty sure i never will <laughs> so this is before you would even been to their house this is yeah oh this dude picked me up at the friend's house and he was like do you want to go to a discotheque and i was like i don't know what accent i'm doing right now definitely not spanish but i was like Sure, I like to dance. And so he's like, all stick shift and his like little purple car. And it's like, and then takes me, takes me to a place called Pacha. And I still have like stickers from this place. And, but he took me there and I remember going in to this place and it was smoke and like, the pre-club horn, like, pam, 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 but like the pre-whatever was before that. <laughs> and women in like tiny bikinis, like silver bikinis with like their hair on top of their head, like dancing in cages. And like, I was like holding my locket, looking around, like. <laughs> in your little <laughs> denim dress. <laughs> in my little denim dress. And I think I had these little sandals with beads on them. And it was just like, <laughs> you were a baby. I was a baby. And I was like, what have I done? And I was so tired. And I so just wanted to go home to wherever I was going to sleep. You know, why would they let him pick you up and do that? Like, because I don't think they cared. And they probably thought I was a teenager. So I probably loved that kind of stuff. I don't know. Jet lag happens to teenagers. Teenagers too. Right? Come on. Pedro and Amparo. Yeah, so that was my first day in Spain. And then I, I woke up the next morning to my host mother yelling at the top of her lungs at the children. And I'd hear, Carlos, Gonzalo, Elia. Ay, mamá, ay, ay. So I woke up to the mom beat the shit out of the kids. And I mean, maybe she wasn't really hitting them hard. You know, she was probably just like swatting at them. But I was like, I am in a fucking nightmare. <laughs> oh, like, what is what is happening? So the place they they were very wealthy and they had they ran the bus system of this town, oh. the public transit system. They had several businesses and they had like a penthouse apartment in the town and then they also had an apartment at the beach and this was on the mediterranean it was beautiful wow. a beautiful town it was gorgeous and i woke up in this little apartment that was their summer apartment and nobody was there and i think maybe the maid was like you can go to the beach and i was like okay and nobody was there and that was it and i was just at this house on the mediterranean or in this apartment complex but I, I knew nothing. I, I didn't. I still hadn't met the man, the father, hadn't Ugh. met three of the kids. So needless to say, I became very adaptable 
I bet. Very quickly. And looking back at it, I think that you would have to be a strong person to deal with it. And I could see the other exchange students, those that weren't, weren't able to deal with it, a lot of them, um, because it's a hard experience anyway. And then when you're 15 and then when you, you're, you're not really welcomed, you know, like other, another exchange student friend of mine, her family loved her and like took her on vacations with them. And like, it was, they just like engulfed her in this feeling of family and mine was pissed. I was there which made me revolt. I was like, I'm not fucking coming home at night. Okay, you don't care I'm here? I will stay out till 5.30 in the morning. And then there's actually a quote in my journal where it's like, well, I think I learned my limit on how late I can stay out. Whoa. 5.30 a.m. <laughs> because the host mom was waiting up for me. Oh, really? Because she, she was still in charge, like still responsible for me. But I was a wild cat. No pun intended. You were a wild rat. I was a wild rat. <laughs> and I remember when my parents picked me up, you know, like 10 months later, the host father going, your daughter didn't follow the rules. And my dad was like, well, I'm sorry to hear that. She's leaving now. <laughs> you know, like, bye. bye. <laughs> and they had this other exchange student that had been there before me named Mary Elizabeth. And they loved Mary Elizabeth. Mary Elizabeth spoke perfect Spanish. Mary Elizabeth loved the kids. Mary Elizabeth this. Mary Elizabeth that. Mary Elizabeth's calling and they'd all scream and get up from the table, you know. She sounds like a real bitch. <laughs> right? <laughs> she was... She was she w was like majoring in child psychology and she was 18 years old when she came to she it was like a gap year oh. between high school and college she loved kids so she was always around the kids so she was more like a nanny exactly yeah i was not but yeah that was not that was not my deal at all so that was my introduction to to spain and it kind of just skyrocketed from from that um, some things that stick out in my memory, I mean, a lot of things do, but it's the small things, like you were talking about different food items was, I remember they would eat fruit after every meal and the host mom was like offering food and I picked a, a pear up and I took a bite and everybody stopped and stared at me. And I was like, is it not, <laughs> is it not, um, is this not a real pear? Like, did I take it from like, like a decorative bowl? And it was because they don't eat them. They cut them with a knife. They'll skin the whole thing with a knife. My host mom could like, with a knife, lickety split, take just the whole thing right off the, the whole skin off the pear. And then they would cut it with a knife and eat it with the knife. And I was blown away, blown away by that small, tiny thing where literally it was like a record stop and everyone looked at me. And I, had, I was an only child basically, because Tracy was at, Mm -hmm. college. And then I had to share a room with a little sister. Ugh. So I was 16 sharing a room with, I think, a 11 year old. And so really going abroad to me was had so many different layers to it. It, it was not only culturally enriching and like learning about a different culture and, and learning about a different language through survival, because I did not know any before I went. I knew very little. But it was also learning how to grow up in a more a bigger family. Mm -hmm. And and it made me so much more thankful for my family because I felt so unwanted in the house. And I also partied my ass off like big time. I remember when I first met the guy who became my boyfriend there. The first time I saw him, he was he would always make these huge hash joints. 
because they smoked hash, not marijuana. And he would make these huge joints and he'd always be so stoned. And I remember he was like, get it? Like, you want some? And I was like, sure. I'm so high all the time. I'm always doing drugs um, in my <laughs> inhaling them. So, yeah. So, like, I'd never even come in contact with it. And so I was like, yeah, give me some hits of that, sweet Mary, <laughs> Jane. I was like, puff, puff, tiny puffs. And I don't think I actually inhaled because I was trying to be cool but look like I smoked. But after that, it was over. I mean, my Edu, Eduardo, his parents moved to Spain from England and opened a discotheque and then later had a real estate business. He was 6'4". Oh blonde hair, gosh, beautiful eyes, gorgeous man, drove like a motorbike because they all drove motos. And we started dating, I guess, in January, maybe, and just were together nonstop the whole second half of my trip. And I remember when my parents came to pick me up, he drove up in his motorcycle and he got off and took off his helmet. And he was like, hello, Mrs. Lohman. It's a pleasure to meet you. I've heard so much about you. He was born in Spain, so he was, like, very Spanish. Yeah. But he also was British and right. spoke perfect British English. And my and he, like, was like, all right, let, um, see you later, darling. Gave me a kiss, you know, bye-bye, ta-ta, bye. Got on his bike and rode away. And my mom was like, Camille, he's a man. <laughs> and I was like, ew, mom, gross. I know. Was he older than you? Not that much. He was 18. He was just tall. He was tall and he was pretty experienced. Yeah. I feel like I it, it molded me in such a way that it's hard to, I was trying to make a list, you know, like you, you love your lists and <laughs> plans. I do. And I was like, I don't even know where to begin. Um, we got chased by the cops all the time because we were always breaking into places to smoke hash and like listen to bad techno. We would always go to this castle. We would go to this house called La Casa Encantada, this like haunted house that people had broken all the windows and spray painted. And one of the coolest things, I felt like I was Michelle Pfeiffer and Scarface sometimes because they had like a gang and it was like a bunch of, I mean, they were not tough hardcore at all they would like steal things off of each other's motos of their little scooters okay and it'd be like oh my god he stole something off my scooter that i just bought it'd be like let's go steal something from his scooter <laughs> yeah man let's go and we were at this discotheque one night and i loved i still love dancing but you could li literally just leave me there the whole night and i would just dance to this atrocious techno and one night he was like, darling, I've got to go take care of some things. And he was like, choose, which is short for Jesus. He was like, watcher. And, <laughs> and Jesus was like, I've got it, Edu, a watcher. And so he was like, my bodyguard? You were like a kept woman. I was. Why they would like go see if somebody had the moto part that they had <laughs> stolen. And I was like... Uh Oh my God, I'm a mob wife, you know? And it was, it was just, uh, feels like it, it wasn't real because it was, it was like a, yeah, it was like a movie because there mm -hmm. were things that I had never, like we've talked about, never experienced in, yeah. in our town ever. Like, but yeah, it was, it was, um, 
it was wild. It was absolutely wild. And, and reading through my journal, yeah, there were definitely cultural things that, that I, that broadened my mind, you know, seeing the fish that come out of the Mediterranean and they are so wild. They're like creatures you could never imagine or think up. And, you know, having that culture of being able to have comida and siesta and all the new tastes and smells and sounds of another country. But the real, the real life-changing part was navigating through all of that as such a young person, I think. I remember you telling me once that you knew something like you knew you were fluent in Spanish when you started to dream in Spanish. Does that sound familiar or is that something I made up? I remember when I started to be able to understand a lot more and speak and it was such a, an, an empowering and just cool feeling that I, and I still feel like that. And when I talk to my students, I'm still, it's so exciting to be able to communicate with such a huge number of people around the world. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I, st I guess I did start. I, I learned a lot from my, my boyfriend at the time and his, and his friends. Um, but I was always so afraid to speak always. And oh my God, Shannon, when you're talking about public transit, <laughs> it was bad enough in English, right? Yeah. Bad enough when you speak the language and you're 21, you're not 16. Cause we didn't have public transit in Clinton. Did we? I don't think so. We didn't have a bus. No, we had school buses, but if there was, that tells you how privileged and sheltered we were that we didn't even know it existed, but I don't think it did. I don't even remember taxi cabs in Clinton. Like, no, no. Like I, you just, I don't know, biked, walked. We walked and rollerbladed occasionally. Yeah. We bladed hard. <laughs> we bladed so hard. We did play pretty hard. <laughs> back to Spain. Oh, back to Spain. <laughs> um, yeah. So right when I got there and my, I was in that apartment by the water, my husband said, you know, use the bus. And I was like, I don't know how to use the bus. And, and she'd be like, just tell them you're Pedro's daughter and use the bus. And they would take me to the bus stop and leave. Oh. And I would stand there. And when the bus would come and he'd open the door, I would go, no, 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 no. And I'd wave my hands. No, no, go, go, go. These people owned all the buses, which is why they told you to do this, right? Right. They were like, they know you'll be there. They know you're coming, but I didn't have any money. I didn't understand the money yet. It wasn't euros. It was pesetas. I didn't know how much it was going to cost. The actual anxiety that was induced by the thought of just the exchange mm -hmm. of communication was too much for me. Just the thought that I was going to have the embarrassment and the stress of communicating. So I would wait for my host family to like go do what they were going to do. And then I'd run back to the apartment and just be like, oh, I really wanted to go to the beach more. And they're like, you haven't even seen the town. What are you doing? Get out of the town. And I was like, I can't. I'm so afraid. I'm so afraid. So it was, you know, now I'll get on a bus anywhere. But then it was, it was terrifying. So yeah, I know exactly how you felt about 
public transit. Well, I remember giving a, a bill, probably like $10 to the bus driver. The bus driver gave me all coins back. And I was like, I don't think this is enough because I didn't realize that dollars were coins there. Right. It was like yeah. $5 and above was a bill, but dollars were coins. Yeah. My dad, when my parents came to pick me up from it, I had to help my dad with the ATM because he would, he would like physically start sweating when he had to push thousands of things. Yeah. Like to withdraw thousands of lira or thousands of pesetas. And he was like, this can't be right. Camille, you're emptying, you're, you're, you're emptying the bank account. And I was like, no, it's fine. It's fine. I know the exchange rate. It's okay. And he's like <sighs> dripping sweat, you know? Yeah. So did you have any uniquely personal growth learnings? That was my favorite part. <laughs> They're probably the same ones I, I have now, which are to be kinder to yourself. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I'd like to say I, I pretty much went for it all the time when I was there. So I don't know if I if I had gone any harder, I might not be here. All right, let's confess some stuff. I'll go first. So I, I, I don't toot in front of boys. I, I can't. How uncomfortable that must be <laughs> after a point, right? Like <laughs> I literally can burp like a frat boy after a beer bong and I have no, no troubles in the bathroom. <laughs> this is so embarrassing but i like the thought of tooting by around somebody makes me and i can't even say the f word and in my house growing up you didn't say the f word <laughs> fuck was fine but you didn't say the f-a-r-t word really interesting yeah we didn't say it and i think that has has bled into my life. And so now I will, <laughs> I will leave a room. I will, I will give myself stomach pains, but I can't do it. And oh. the first time it happens, I am so, I'm 41 years old. And if it happens, I am so mortified <laughs> that I cannot handle life. I'm very open. I literally can say or do anything around anybody. I can do anything. But if you even remotely are like, let one out, not going to happen. This might be the most shocking thing you've ever told me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can't do it, Shannon, and I won't. <laughs> Some friends and I, we get ready to perform and people are like, got to get them out before I go on stage. I'm nervous. And I'm like, what is going on in here? <laughs> Who are these animals? <laughs> Who are, are you, are you monsters? What is wrong with you? 
You are putting poo particles in the air that we breathe. Do you not understand? Oh my gosh. And like the I the thought of a what is it called when they put it over your head? Dutch oven? <laughs> oh, yeah. Or is that a sex thing? No, I you're don't know. you're right. I think they I think okay. that's called a Dutch oven when you pull the blankets. The up. idea, like when people are like, Oh, that's so cute. My boyfriend is so funny. We're so close. And I'm like, gross. I don't Y'all think that's disgusting. cute at all either any of that i cannot so i guess i'll i will have found the one when i'm like <laughs> and i'm like yeah take that <laughs> that might be what's keeping me from from getting in a committed relationship is my inability to f-a-r-t around someone well i've been married for 11 years that ship has sailed <laughs> <laughs> That was, that was a really good one, though. Thank you. <laughs> Maybe Thank the you. giggling gave it away, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. <laughs> I'm just here for you, Shannon. I'm here for you and the class and the CHS class of 97. <laughs> All right. So, man, it's it's a really tough act to follow. But last Saturday, after getting my second vaccine, my second COVID shot, I decided to sit on the couch for the rest of the day and wait to feel bad, which I didn't, which is very good, but I was waiting for it. But I thought, I'm going to watch season three of Game of Thrones. I've already watched Game of Thrones all the way through a couple years ago, and so I'm re-watching it. It's like rereading a good book. Yeah, it is. Or just Jon Snow. Mm. Yeah, I like Jon Snow too. Um, so I thought I'd binge watch, um, and I watched the entirety of season three in one sitting. And this worked out to be nine hours and eighteen minutes of games Game of Thrones. <laughs> no second count? You didn't get the second count? They didn't offer that. Um <laughs> So I don't know what's more embarrassing, the fact that I actually watched nine hours and 18 minutes of Game of Thrones in one sitting, or that I went to IMDb to calculate exactly how many minutes are in season three of Game of Thrones. I don't know, Shannon. I think that's a toss up. I think it's both. And you know what? I don't think it's that bad. I'm not even going to admit how much tv i watch because it's so it's i'll save that one for another confession because that is it's so embarrassing i consider it self-care like i don't yeah i don't get massages or pedicures or that shit like i just like some alone time and some binge watching and a nice glass of wine just leave me my lannisters and give me a glass of wine All right, you guys, if you like Unrefined and want to support us, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or whichever podcast player you prefer. And as always, look for us on social media. The links are in the show notes. That's it for today's show. Until next time, keep those stories coming. Bye.